Welcome to the Forbes India Cover Story podcast series in association with theindigas.com. My name is Abhishek and this issue's cover package is on uh, how and if the new government will step on the gas on reforms and its impact on India Inc. This comes around the time that uh, the new finance minister will present the union budget in July. It's an interesting time unemployment remains uh, high the GDP grew by just 5.8% in the previous quarter. Joining me on the call to talk about it all is Forbes India's editor Brian Carvalho. Hi Brian, it's always nice to have you on the podcast. Thanks, thanks Abhishek and uh, hello everybody. We've had this government for the last 5 years. What are some of the priorities for Mr Modi's second term? Yeah, I guess with the fortnight to go for the union budget, uh, the first one of the NDA government's second term, probably it's the right time to analyze and report on what the expectations from it are. So the expectations uh, broadly are around the areas in which some work has been done in the first term. I mean, industry has a lot of expectations, big industry as well as small industry. The farm sector has aspirations startups have their own set of aspirations investors of course are always uh, never satisfied so they they have their own set of expectations and it's citizens like you and me also who look forward to the budget for something or the other i'll start with the expectations of the industry so basically they want the government to revive the consumer sentiment which is pretty muted now as we all know and that's probably reflected in the slowing gdp growth And so one way to revive that consumer sentiment maybe by cutting taxes we don't know whether that's going to happen but that's clearly one expectation from the private sector's point of view they basically want incentives to invest there's very little happening in the private sector nobody is expanding nobody is willing to commit investment so what can the government do to kind of actually stimulate growth in industry third challenge for the government here is to allocate funds for public expenditure right so so it's it's kind of a tightrope walk right especially at a time when you have to keep an eye on the fiscal deficit which is at 3.4% but at the same time the finance minister will have to bite the bullet and you know industry wants government to reduce corporate tax rationalize the minimum alternate tax right so so those are clearly expectations that could boost sentiment the sentiment the consumer demand as such has gone down just a couple of months ago the two wheeler and four wheeler uh, sales which are a proxy for uh, consumer demand in india uh, they were almost at an all time low what explains that yeah yeah so one explanation for the slowing demand and this is only one one part of it is the nbfc crisis right because a lot of nbfcs are facing liquidity issues and they are the biggest I think 75% of all consumer loans come from the NBFC sector. The lending from NBFCs for two-wheelers and four-wheelers has slowed down dramatically and that is probably just one explanation for the slowdown. But we've also seen the slowdown kind of permeate into the FMCG sector, you know, where CEOs are saying that just there's just not enough demand. And also so clearly there's a bigger problem somewhere. Okay, people said that okay, we are uh, we are waiting for the election results. Okay, now we have the election results. We have a resounding victory. One would expect demand to pick up. Will it pick up with a lag? Will this festive season be a great one? We don't know. There are no signs that it will be a great season or there will be a turnaround of sorts. The budget in against that backdrop is probably a perfect perfect canvas for the government to unleash. I won't use that cliche big bang reforms, but I would say some effective reform. 
And what would that constitute, Brian, in that we play this tape recorder once in five years talking about land reforms, labor reforms, we meaning all, whether it's journalists or economists or even on podcasts. Now, with a majority the BJP enjoys, they can definitely move in that direction. But do you see that happening? For example, labor laws, these were largely written back during the British era. To give, to give you an example, if there is a factory which hires more than 50 employees, it cannot sack an employee unless there is an ex- explicit uh, permission from the government because of the laws uh, as they state. And hence, these companies keep their strength uh, to a minimum amount so that uh, they hire contract laborers rather than full time, which doesn't really help anybody. Well, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I've been reading about an exit policy uh, that's that's been an expectation from from industry for the last two and a half decades I've been in this profession and I think no government has had the courage to actually pull it off because it's extremely unpopular it's not going to win your votes and then you have Swadeshi elements on the fringes of this government too which will not be too happy with such a development having said that I think the most predictable thing about this government is its unpredictability will they have the courage to actually come out with an exit policy. I have absolutely no clue about that, right? Because this is also a time when anyway, private sector employment is not looking too good, right? There are layoffs happening anyways. And, and the job market is is pretty depressed. We all know how big, huge the crisis of employment, unemployment and underemployment is at the moment, right? So, so I think from the employment point of view, you know, Niti Aayog, the government's think tank, has actually come up with a good idea. It's a pretty novel idea and it's a fresh solution that we require. You know, I mean, we can always kind of, as you said, every five years talk about the same things about exit policies and reviving consumer demand, bringing down corporate tax and all that. But this suggestion of Niti Aayog of creating a national employment policy, it's a long term kind of solution, possible solution to tackle the crisis of unemployment. And let's get one thing right. Unemployment is not a problem that can be solved overnight by one government or by one budget. So you need some long term structural solution. Right, because uh, we know what the latest data from the National Sample Survey Office shows that unemployment is at a 45 year high of 6.1%. That's one of the stories we had in the magazine. Nandika Tripathi, one of our writers, traveled to Kerala, the state with the highest unemployment rate. And, and that's interesting because Kerala is also considered India's and is India's most literate state. Right, so Nandika traveled to Tiruvanthapuram to see how the state is coping there. And what she found is that there are youth who still prefer a government job than one with the private sector, you know, even a TCS, even to a TCS, people are preferring a government job. Uh, The reason for it is job security. So that in a way highlights the fear of being laid off, you know, which is not uncommon in many industrial sectors these days. And Nandika also found out that many of these youth have qualifications that are in no way connected with the professions they seek to pursue. And that's what results in the scourge of underemployment or people in jobs that have little to do with their qualifications. You know, that's why a national employment policy is imperative. I think an integrated solution is what is required and probably we could see something like that being announced in the budget. Right. And moving on, package also talks about uh, manufacturing. The phrase uh, make in India is something that we were badgered with uh, back in the first term of uh, this government. How does that look uh, in the context of what was promised 
and uh, campaigned for and what has led to a fruition i think i remember in the september of 2014 that the newly minted modi government launched make in india with much fanfare right. and this was done to encourage domestic manufacturing the origins of make in india lie sometime in 2003 during the nda government of that time with vajpayee as its prime minister it was in that year that the hill states of uttarakhand himachal jnk and the northeastern states were granted sobs to encourage investments and one such such hub that emerged in himachal at that time is the baddi baroti wala nalagar corridor so and you had fmc giants like uh, dabur and colgate pharma companies like sipla dr reddy's putting up factories there you know but unfortunately the problem now is that the tax holidays in uttarakhand and himachal have lapsed and and this corridor that generates over 30000 crore in turnover is probably not as much of a favorite of industry as it once was some 118 units have shut down there and over 9 lakh people are facing unemployment you know that's what divya shaker who traveled to buddy found out when she went there she also tried to find out from industrialists what they want from this budget to make this hub of activity buzzing again pretty clear they want better infrastructure and plan rather than haphazard development what is needed is probably a holistic view of make in india you know which means give people better infrastructure of uh, tax ops are always welcome but i think there needs to be coordination between various ministries i mean the the infrastructure ministry the, the guys who are creating the roads need to be in tandem with the state governments in there probably in states where you have both bjp uh, governments side the state and at the center it becomes easier to coordinate expectations there were many promises from multinational organizations foxconn comes to mind where they mm-hmm. spoke of investing more than 5 billion dollars in maharashtra alone in the next few years so the promises were made but i i think the implementation is still either ongoing delayed or uh, a shell dot together given the time that it takes and the article uh, that i read uh, in the package talks about how tedious it can be to fill up the paperwork to get various permissions uh, land acquisition laws still are archaic true 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 yeah and an ease of business along with make in india i think there's a much there's much more that needs to be done there the ease of starting a business is not exactly great in india So so there's room for improvement I mean the good news is that in the first term the government you know they they laid down the agenda right but now there needs to be some you know some thorough follow up on how do you actually deliver on many of these promises you know usually the budget uh, sets the tone for the year in terms of what to expect uh, what do you expect on the day when uh, the finance minister steps up See, I think one area where they seem to have been done well, and and this is probably reflected in the post-election in the election uh, results, right? I mean, one school of thought is that the social sector schemes have touched millions of lives in states like Rajasthan and Uttar Pradesh, you know, and that probably had a big role to play in Modi government's resounding win, right? So, so what we did is one of our uh, the Forbes India team members, Naini Thakkar, travelled to this village in Rajasthan. it's called mundia kalan it's about 80 kilometers of jaipur you know so so she saw first hand how you know the various schemes like the swachh bharat mission which involves having toilets in homes the ujwala yojana supplying cooking gas and the jandhan yojana of opening bank accounts 
you know how they have actually made life easier for rural india and and, and that as i said may explain the kind of thumping uh, victory we saw in in states like rajasthan yeah these many of these schemes are still work in progress and and nani actually analyzes in a story how nda 2.0 can improve on them i won't give away too much from that story but one expectation clearly is that for example is that you've given us lpg connections now i mean you've increased the number of lpg connections drastically now how about making the process of getting refills simpler it's not very cheap also so probably coupled with your light bill and your lpg bill you end up paying quite a lot at the end of the month right so if that can be made less expensive i think that's clearly an expectation in some parts of rural india right you spoke about the social side uh, although it's not entirely related uh, but agriculture is some uh, agriculture is some because there's such an urgent need to do something about it june to september for example brings three quarters of all rainfall and it's erratic most of the time two thirds of land under cultivation depends entirely on rainfall no irrigation so the package also touches upon the need for uh, doing something about that bit which has been plaguing india and for, for such a long, such a long time more than 500 million isn't that right are right. depend on agriculture that's true but unfortunately agriculture still the its contribution to gdp is declining right so so i think we'll have to minimize our agricultural activities but make it make it more productive you know so that would mean moving a lot of people out of agriculture also right and and, and i think that process is on and that's why i think uh, industry is important the startup uh, the startup uh, wave is important you know so as more people get employed as more people get self employed and and we are seeing that slowly people are moving away from agriculture but at the same time i think we need to figure out how do we make it more productive right how do we probably build a bridge between and that's where technology can come into play how do you build a bridge between consumer and farmer without the middleman taking away the spoils i think that is essentially the problem the other problem is that uh, if i as a consumer benefit it doesn't necessarily mean that the farmer is benefiting right because i'm benefiting at his cost so a win win situation is if both farmer and consumer are happy you know and that's where agri tech agri tech can play a big role that's where we come back to the startup uh, phenomenon because we have a lot of agri tech startups right who are trying to make a difference to indian agriculture so more power to them and and that's where i think the what the government can do for startups why is startup india or otherwise is important right well i think on that note in the interest of time brian although we can go on okay. for a while uh, yeah. it's, it's time to wrap up thank you very very much for your time on this one thanks abhishek thanks and all you listeners you know the drill you can get this podcast on forbesindia.com as well as on itunes and to have someone call you for a forbes india subscription just message forbes to 5181